Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. You know this if you're a part of the Ride or Die crew, but in case you've just joined for the first time, maybe you saw it on Twitter, maybe you searched Steelers Podcast and found it, doesn't matter how, welcome to the show. I do this show every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning. It's a part of Behind the Steel Curtain's network of podcasts, which, by the way, is so much more than just my three-day-a-week show. You can check us out. We have morning lineup, noon lineup, PM lineup, everything that you could ever want if you're a diehard Steeler fan. If you're a member of my ride-or-die crew, I know that you are a member of those diehard crew. Folks, it's incredible. Not only is it Friday and we're at the weekend, but also it's incredible that on Tuesday the Steelers report to training camp. I just cannot believe that it's here. Uh, We've had a a long offseason. It's been an eventful offseason, but it's been a long offseason. Don't get me wrong. It's been a long offseason. I mean, this is the longest offseason of any professional sports league in the shortest season. So it's difficult, but you have those little stepping stones, free agency, NFL draft. uh, Then you have mini camps. uh, Then you have OTAs throughout that as well. It all builds up to training camp of the next year starting. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in my heart-to-heart at the very end of the show, so make sure you stay tuned. Now, in the second half, normally it's the all bets are off segment. Jeremy Jerome Betts was not able to record today, and so I'm calling in on I what I think is our local BTSE expert at the trenches, and that is none other than Dave Schofield. He's going to be joining me in the second half to break things down in a unique way that only Dave can when it comes to the offense and defensive line, which is what we're going to be talking about here today. Before we do that, let's talk about some news Oh my goodness, thank heavens that the Heinz red zone is going to continue. You could hear, and this is the story that just won't die. The whole naming Akersher Stadium, the ketchup bottles were removed, Heinz Field sign was removed. I mean, you could basically, I mean, the, the sadness and the tears from fans was palpable. You could feel it on social media even. I'm sorry. This story, in and of itself, never even registered on my emotion meter. I don't care. I don't care. Not only because I've been following this story for the last few years, I knew that it was kind of the writing was on the wall that Heinz was going to not was not going to pick up the naming rights deal, and so I I don't know maybe I kind of just had a feeling had a inclination that this was going to happen. I didn't never thought it would be Acrisure. Never heard of that company at the time. But still I kind of knew that Heinz was going to be gone at one point. Everything that you read, everything that was reported pointed to that. Fans just chose to ignore it, hoping that a deal got done. Heinz is sticking around. They're still going to have the Heinz red zone. There were some reports that the the ketchup bottles that were removed were old. They want to replace them. I'm not so sure that that's the case or not. Acrisure might say I don't want giant ketchup bottles in the stadium. We're paying you $150 million. I don't want those there. Maybe that's the case. I don't know. Again, I don't care either. So if you're someone that is just all hell-bent on the fact that you're still going to call it Heinz Field or the stadium formerly known as Heinz Field, like it's Prince, I could care less. Don't care. Yeah, that's right, Dave. You heard it correctly. I'm, I couldn't care less. I always say I could care less because it drives him nuts. Other news, more Madden ratings came out. That's something else I couldn't care about. 
I just, it, it doesn't, they're doing it to drum up support. They're doing it to drum up emotions, to get people talking about the game. And when you think about it, a series like Madden, a game like Madden, they, they put out a game every single year. We got to do something every year to make it somehow different. You're never going to have a game that's so revolutionary that everyone's going to say, I have to get this one because in this one, this, this, this happened. But no, they, they basically revolutionized the game over and over again. So you have to drum up support by saying, wow, like look at this guy who's now in the 99 club or your favorite team, your favorite player. That's all part of their plan. Keep that in mind, folks. Don't fall into that trap. All right. Today, the trenches. In my opinion, the 2022 Pittsburgh Steelers' success will hinge on these two position groups, the offensive line and the defensive line. And I think the reason being 2021 is still fresh in all of our minds. And we think back and we think about a lackluster offensive line. We think about a porous defensive line, especially when it comes to the run defense. And you just think that if they do this again, there's no way the Steelers come close to sniffing the playoffs. So let's talk about these groups. Let's hash it out. And let's answer the question we've been asking Every single show this week, remember Monday, in case you missed it, go back and listen. It's fine. Offensive skill positions. Wednesday, defensive skill positions. Go back and check that out. And today, Friday, that's right, the trenches. So let's go offensive line first. We're going to start from the outside in. We're going to go to offensive tackles, then go to guard, then we're going to go to center. So when you have the offensive tackle, this is the one position group that I think most fans, if you kind of gauge the fan base, if you kind of get a feel for what people are thinking and feeling about the Steelers in 2022, a lot of people will say they're okay with the interior, but they're not okay with the the tackle position. I understand it. You have Dan Moore Jr. coming into his second year. Chooks Okorafor is just signing a fresh three-year contract as a free agent. Joe Haig returns for a second year. John LeGlue, who kind of came out of nowhere last year and made himself a, at least a commodity with the Steelers, and he, he, hey, you want to talk about position flexibility? And this guy's played everything from center on out to tackle. So, hey, that that is a good thing to have on your resume when it comes to Mike Tomlin. You have Chaz Green and then also Trent Scott, who was added. But that's it, and that's it. And there's a reason why a lot of media outlets were saying if the Steelers on offense were going to approach one position, and a lot of them said it was going to be offensive tackle. A lot are saying that Eric Fisher, who's still a free agent, is out there. I'm not so sure they're going to do that unless there's an injury or if there's a player that is cut from another team during cutdowns and they decide that they're going to add him there. I'm not sure. But I will say this. Is the offensive tackle group, it doesn't matter, left tackle, right tackle, it doesn't matter. Are they up to snuff? That's a tough, that's a really, really difficult question to answer for me. I thought Dan Moore played okay last year for a rookie thought he played great however he still had a lot of growing pains we'll put it that way jukes a core for man there's something about that guy great in pass blocking but run blocking it's like he's playing patty cake doesn't really have that killer instinct that you expect to have from a right tackle i'm gonna say no as we sit here right now on the 22nd of july i'm gonna say no they're not up to snuff i wish i, I hope i'm wrong I'm just going to say no. I don't think they are. Let's go to the interior. Start with the guard position. This is really strange the way that the Steelers have concocted this roster. Maybe not strange as in it's not going to work. Strange as in 
it's just so unique into how they have built this area of the offensive line. You have Kevin Dotson. Kevin Dotson is the incumbent. Then you have James Daniels, who is considered the leader of the group, expected to be at right guard. And then you have a trio of players who are flexible and can play center and guard. You have Kendrick Green, third-round pick from 2021, Mason Cole, free agent addition, J.C. Hassenauer. Those are your guards. And so everyone's wondering, what's, what, this is, what is this going to look like? Who's going to start? Kendrick Green potentially going to guard. It's something Ben Roethlisberger pumped up a lot before he retired. I do like the starting tandem, though. I like James Daniels. I like Kevin Dotson. I think that both of those guys together are very, very good. If they can stay healthy, I think they have a very good starting pair of guards. And the depth, I'm not upset with the depth either. If Kendrick Green can be that flexible piece on the interior, great. Hassenauer, fantastic. A lot of it's going to hinge on who wins the center job. Let's talk about the centers. They're really the same players we've already mentioned. Green, Cole, Hassenauer, and even Daniels can play center if absolutely necessary. So when you're looking at it from that lens and you're saying, who's going to back up guard? It's going to all hinge on who wins the center job. If it's Mason Cole, you could expect Green and Hassenauer, maybe not both, but at least one, to be that backup guy on both the inter- any interior position, right guard, center, left guard. Are they up to snuff, though? That is the question we've been answering. Offensive guard, I say yes. I really like the offensive guard situation. I like the way they've built that. Center, I have to say no. I have to say no because I've never seen Mason Cole do it in a Steelers uniform. Kendrick Green gives me pause for a lot of reasons. So I'm going to say no. And this is what's scary. The, hint, the, the offensive success of the Steelers team in 2022 hinges on the offensive line. And while I do think they might be better run blocking, I don't know if they're better overall. Out of those positions, offensive tackle, offensive guard, and center, only one of those did I consider up to snuff heading into training camp. That's not a good ratio. If you have two out of three that are up to snuff, then I think you'll be okay. The other way around, not so sure. The offensive line is going to be under a microscope, rightfully so. Will they be able to get the job done? They have a lot to prove, we'll put it that way. Let's go to the other side of the football now. Defensive line. Now, this is unique with the Steelers 3-4 setup. They still do on their roster label everyone like a defensive tackle, defensive end, essentially the same thing, minor changes, a nose tackle. That's really it. Uh, The Steelers still do call themselves a 3-4 defense, even though they primarily play sub packages, but hey, that's fine. Let's go over the list. We know Cam Hayward, Tyson Alualu, Chris Wormley, Larry Ogunjobi, I think I said that correctly, Isaiah Loudermilk, rookie DeMarvin Leal, Henry Mondo, and we all know the Davis twins, Carlos and Khalil. Then you look at nose tackle. But we'll get to nose tackle. Let's talk about those defensive tackles and defensive ends for a second. We've all said they're probably going to keep six. Who's that six? Well, Cam Hayward, Alualu, Wormley, Larry, as we call him on this podcast, Loudermilk, and Liao. If I'm predicting, that's my six. Sorry for Henry Mondo's luck. The Davis brothers, thanks for playing. But unless there's an injury, I just don't see those latter players making this group. So if they keep six, and those are the six that I mentioned, 
Are they up to snuff? Cam Hayward, you know it. Tyson Alawalu, you know it too. If he stays healthy, I don't care how old he is. That guy can still play. But then you have, you know, Larry Ogunjobi. On paper, fantastic. From a physical standpoint, is he healthy? We don't know that. We're not sure. Remember, he got a huge deal with Chicago and failed the physical, and the, the deal was pulled back. Basically got the rug pulled right out from underneath him. So is the Liz Frank injury healed? I don't know. Wormley had career highs in the pass rushing numbers and statistics. Sacks, tackles for losses, quarterback hits, but really struggled, really struggled in run stopping. That was a problem. Loudermilk was the complete opposite. Struggled with run stopping, couldn't get after the quarterback to save his life. Then you have DeMarvin Leal. What is he going to bring to this defense? Is he going to play more of an end? Are they going to move him to the interior? He gained all this weight. Steelers said they didn't ask him to do that. This is really weird. This is really weird, but I will say this. Out of the top four, if you consider the top four, Cam Hayward, Tyson Alawalu, Chris Wormley, and Larry Ogunjobi, I think they're absolutely up to snuff. If everyone's healthy, absolutely up to snuff. Now, will it rectify last season, meaning will they be able to actually stop the run? Well, we'll have to see how that plays out. But I do like this group. I think they're up to snuff. Now, when we go to nose tackle, it's it's a little different. They have some nose tackles on the roster. Tyson Alawalu can flex there. Cam Hayward is flexed there. But they brought back Montrevious Adams. That's the biggest name. The Steelers brought him back a two-year deal. He openly said that he had other offers with other teams, but he wanted to come back to Pittsburgh. He loved Mike Tomlin, loved the organization, the city, the fan base, felt like a family, and that's what he wanted. So, in that regard, he got his wish. Two-year deal. Let's see what Montrevious Adams can do with a full offseason under his belt in the Steelers system. I said this before on other podcasts. I'll say it again. If there's one position group that I have full faith that the Pittsburgh Steelers will be able to coach them up, meaning they will be able to get it right. They'll be able to say, all right, let's get this job done, and we're going to fix those issues. We're going to make you better. It's defensive line. So is the nose tackle position up to snuff? First, before I even answer that question, you as the fan need to understand something. Nose tackle in today's defense is not what it was in 2001 when they drafted Casey Hampton. It's not. Everyone wants Big Snack to come back. They, they just they don't have those players anymore. They just don't, because if they had a player like a Casey Hampton, the opposing offense would run a no huddle, keep him on the field, and they would just exploit the fact that there's a defender who can't move in the middle. Casey Hampton will always be a great run stuffer, but honestly, he had some sacks, and I used to love it when he did because it was fun watching him celebrate, but he was not the complete player that the Steelers want at the nose tackle position now that can play the pass, can also stop the run. We'll see if Montrevious Adams is that guy. But I'll say this. Are they up to snuff? I'm going to say no right now, but I think that the defensive line depth in general is going to help that position out a lot. So you talk about Aluwalu flexing over, Hayward flexing over, the sub packages they play. I absolutely think this defensive line is vastly improved. I talked about the offensive line and how I still had major question marks. For the defensive line, I actually feel pretty confident about heading into 2022. That's something I'm going to ask Dave Schofield about. 
when he comes on for the second half on the Friday part of the second half of the show, he's going to, it's not, I don't know what I'm going to call it. It's not the all bets are off segment. Dave will join me to talk about the trenches and more. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this break. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, if you paid attention in the first half, you know that there's no Jerome Betts. The all bets are off. They're literally off this week. And Jerome, Jeremy Betts is, I don't know, doing whatever he does. But he's not able to record. And it actually worked out perfectly. Because if I'm thinking about the offensive and defensive line, and who do I want to have on the show, it would be this guy. Dave Schofield, what's up? Welcome to the show. Uh, Not too much. You took my joke. I was going to say that, you know, no bets are literally, the bets are literally off. So yeah, that was a good one. I like that. Yeah, thank you. You know, this is quite the shifting of gears for you after your Thursday morning podcast about kickers and punters. Now we go. (laughs) When did you miss that one? Listen to it. It's pretty insightful stuff. When, Randy Bullock made the the podcast. It's like, man, we are really diving to the depths of uh, of Heinz Field history. That's right. That's neither here nor there. I don't want to talk about the field stuff. Let's talk about the trenches. So I spent the entire first half talking about offensive and defensive lines. I want to talk to you first about the offensive line. Okay. As things have progressed, and we talked about this sporadically, whether it's before the draft, before free agency, other moves that have been made, has your confidence level in the offensive line increased at all, even on paper, as the offseason has drug on? I'm going to say yes, because you, you look at the when the, when you add someone in, the only player that the Steelers lost was Trey Turner. And when you get a signing like James Daniels, that my my goodness, the people in Chicago are like, this guy is great. Why didn't they, they keep them? Come on. And you make that signing and you bring in someone at center where there was a weakness last year where Kendrick Green was asked to do an awful lot. And I'm still not taking Kendrick Green out of the mix there. I'm just saying that there's a, a higher floor for the play at center when you bring in a veteran that you know can do things. And if someone does better than he does and gets the job, great. So I know some people were still concerned about the tackles, but you know, are you concerned about, you know, Dan, Dan Moore Jr. moving the left or moving over to right tackle and then adding a new left tackle? Oh, wait, that didn't happen like everyone said it was going to back in March. Oh, I'm, I must have missed that. You know, Dan Moore Jr., he's he's more of a right tackle. That's where they need to move him because they're going to get another left tackle and Chooksakorafor is gone. That's not the way it worked out. And I'm kind of grateful for that because Dan Moore Jr. ended up at left tackle last year because in the preseason, he was just flat up better on the left than he was on the right. Yeah. So give him a year experience. He got better as the year went on. And and I just look for him to continue to grow. I mean, great experience. I mean, he went up against some top-notch pass rushers. And as the year went on, he started to hold his own even better. So, yeah, some people weren't sold on Chooksakora for. Is the money going to make him better or worse? Or is he still going to be the guy that he is? I don't know. But to me, I know I went really in-depth with a really simple question. I feel that they're that the offensive line, I don't know if what they did is good enough, but I think it's better than what it was. 
could it get worse though? Like that's what I yeah. would say that. I mean, could it get worse? I mean, they were really bad in a lot of areas last season. They gave up a lot of sacks and that wasn't always on the offensive line, but the run blocking was horrendous. We all know that. And yeah, they had some injuries. Did Dotson going out? That's not okay. Neither here nor there. Yeah. I'm going to say a player's name. I want you to tell me what comes to mind. Okay. Chukwuma Korafor. Young. People okay. don't realize how young that guy is. There's a lot of people that would say like turd or something. No. <laughs> young. I mean, my goodness. He is the same age right now because he hasn't had his birthday yet. He's the same age as Kenny Pickett and Chris Oladokun. And he's going on his second contract in the NFL. And they are the same age. That's like a Juju Smith-Schuster. You know, he's been in the league a long time, but is the youngest in the in that group when he was yeah. in the Steelers. He'll, he'll turn 25 right before the regular season starts. I mean, the, the dude is young. He should be improving. And if he doesn't, then, then, the, then the Steelers got their answer. So okay. I, I think they, they, they see something there. There's something more going on with him than what – we see on Sundays at one o'clock, yeah. you know, they, they see what goes on on Thursdays at, at two 30. So there's something there that they like. I'm hoping that comes out a little bit more because that, that guy, I mean, he's still got a lot of years left that he can play based on, on his age. And Tomlin said, when he was asked about that contract, I believe it was the owner's meetings down in Florida. He said, experience this guy has a yeah. ton of experience and and he's young <laughs> and he's young exactly let's do the same thing with another player now i say the name you tell me what you think of kendrick green nasty really but, but the he's the, the guy is nasty the question is does he can he take that nastiness and actually apply it to being a consistent offensive lineman Okay. You know, that that's the thing there. I mean, you, cause you know what Jukes of core for isn't, he's not nasty. No, he's not. He's not nasty. Can that, I mean, if you would ask me these guys back to back, I probably wouldn't have given you that answer, Right. but uh, Kendrick green, especially when you're coming off Jukes of core for he's nasty, but nasty does get you so far. Nasty does get you, get you some great plays and some plays where you just put terrible tape out there. What he needs to do is get his technique along with his nastiness and he could be a good player, but he's got to get that figured out. You, you you can't you can't be a great offensive lineman in the NFL just on nastiness. No, you need some technique. Now, when you think of Kendrick Green, what position do you think of when you think of him playing? I think, oh my goodness, I think of him as center because that's where he was playing. So that's just what I think of. I'm not saying that he's not a guard, but I'm also not saying that he should give up on center. The Steelers saw attributes in him that they liked in a center. The yeah. problem was he was a third-round draft pick that had to play the position week one as a rookie and not develop those attributes that they like into someone that then they can use. That was the problem last year, in my opinion. They needed he needed to only be coming in as a sub because they needed a better answer than him as he got acclimated to that. Now I'm afraid his confidence could be shot at that position, and he just needs to get back to guard where he can just play without thinking and just go be nasty. That'll be interesting. The the, the offensive line, unlike the defensive line, which we're going to talk about in a second, is is very much in flux. There's a lot of question marks there. 
a lot of things to keep an eye on during training camp for sure. But let's go over to the defensive line. Okay. Let's talk about the defense. When you look at the the three four alignment, you talk about defensive tackle, defensive end, essentially the same thing. You agree that these six are the six that are most likely to make the team, barring injury. Cam Hayward, Tyson Alualu, Chris Wormley, Larry Ogunjobi, Loudermilk, Isaiah Loudermilk, and DeMarvin Leal. Would you agree with that? Ooh, I really don't want to leave out Mont- Montrevis Adams as well, but I don't know who he would bump off that list. That's, That's why the problem. you have Montrevious Adams. <laughs> I mean, I think they have to keep seven. Yeah. I, I think they have to. And I have Adams uh, as the nose tackle, mm-hmm. but it, I guess my, my thought process here is how do you see, or my question, I should say, how do you see this defensive front? And it's a different because it's a new defensive coordinator. We don't know Brian Flores' impact on the defense and the play calling in a perfect world. And those and health remains a, a constant here. What would you see that look like? What would that look like for you? That defensive front? Would it, would it be a rotation? How would that rotation look? What do you think? See, there's a lot of question marks there. You know, you've got Cam Hayward, who is the ultimate non-question mark, even at his age. The problem is you've got a 35-year-old nose tackle coming off of a year where he only appeared in, appeared in two games, only played a game and a half. But he could also be your other guy. You know, he doesn't have to play just nose. He can play defensive tackle. He doesn't have to be the guy that comes off the field when they only have two defensive linemen. But you can't have him be your only nose tackle on the roster because he's a 35-year-old player that's coming off of a serious ankle injury. So that's why, to me, you have to keep Adams around yeah. for, for no other reason for that. Then you've got Larry Ogunjobi. Another question mark. Is he ready week one? Is he 100% week one? How many snaps can he play and still be effective? Because that was an issue with him in his in previous years, even in Cincinnati and back in Cleveland. Do you Do you reach a snap threshold where he's just not – He just, he's going to, I'm okay if he's a guy that can give you 60% of the snaps going absolutely crazy while he's out there. I would much rather have that than him take plays off. Like the guy he was playing with two years ago that somehow has a 99 Madden rating as an outside (laughs) linebacker or defensive (laughs) end, sorry, that just takes plays off. You you don't want that. I'd rather him go hundred percent and then realize that you just can't play every play. I think that's Cam Hayward right there. That and they try to play Cam as much as they can. You don't know how much you're going to get out of out of Larry. So you've got to have these other guys. They've got to keep seven. And honestly, they might have to really consider it, depending on how things go with these other two guys, how much, how much more they keep. I can't remember what your question was if I actually answered it or not. You did. You did. No, <laughs> you no, you did in a way of talking about how you know it's that rotational piece that they didn't have. It's, it's the yeah. way I vision it, envision it is kind of what they wanted to do with the outside linebackers last year with Melvin Ingram, this time with the defensive front, not yes. having to have whole fire sales. You can just take one guy out, sub that, and they can all be, but you, I want to move on to something else. You love to do this during the season. You try to predict the inactive list. Mm-hmm. If they take seven, they're not going to dress seven. Oh no. I'm looking at the list. I have it written down right here. To me, the rookie DeMarvin Leal, unless he completely shows out in the preseason, is probably going to be inactive early in the season. Would you agree or disagree? You're exactly right. That's but that's that was Isaiah Loudermilk last year. He was inactive yeah, right. early in the season yeah. until the injuries happened and they need him to play significant snaps. I think he even got a couple starts in there. Yeah. So so I well, I know he got a couple starts there. I just can't remember which games. 
that's ultimately what it comes down to is where is the Marvin Leal week one, week five, week nine, yeah. week 17, week 18, because I don't expect him to be in the same place when it, with everything. But what's nice is they don't have to have him active if these other guys are playing the way they should. You know, maybe Larry O is the guy that's inactive to start because there's a problem with the ankle or yeah. something like that. Um, so it, it's that's that's difficult to to say, but that would be my guess until he's a guy that you just if if he's that guy, if he's the dude, as they like to talk about on the next show coming up after this one, and um here we go, the Steeler show. If he's the dude, then the dude's got to get a helmet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but he doesn't have to be the dude right away. It, right. It's really, it's really a good situation for him. If you think about it. And it, if he does end up being that guy that, that they gotta, that they've got to get snaps to, then that they're just in a better situation. All right. Let me run these down for you. So you got yeah. cam is cam is the guy. All right? the guy. No, they don't even need to talk about him. Yeah. Alu has got the age coming off an ankle injury. Wormley great season, career highs and pass rushing statistics. Run defense, not it was an issue. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Louder milk was the complete opposite. Good run stopper, couldn't do anything in terms of pass rush. Larry's got the Liz Frank injury, that's an issue. And then you have Leal, who obviously is a rookie. Adams, if you want to include him, it's first off season with the Steelers. See if that plays a role. You talk about all these intangible things, or some of them are tangible. What's your confidence level that the defense is not going to rank thirty second in the NFL against the run? in 2022 i've got a lot more confidence because i think they have i think they have more pieces i mean even with the i mean you take out stefan to it who wasn't there at all last year and you throw in larry O. if larry O's not there then he's doing a to it impersonation if he is there then that's great and hopefully he's playing well but then you you have a, a higher draft pick i still think i still call high draft picks day one and day two so lay as a as a day two draft pick, he's a high draft pick, but you don't have to call on him soon. Alualu coming back, you you instantly, I mean, just adding another piece or two allows you to have so many possibilities. If someone's dinged up and can't go, you should still be all right. If if someone's just not having a very good season, you should still be all right because you have so many pieces there that you can throw at them. I, I like. I like going into the season with more possibilities than you have positions because then really you can get your best players on the field. If there's one consistent, if you think about a Venn diagram, the one thing in the middle Mm -hmm. that you take offense and defensive line, the one adjective that I would use to describe them is versatile. They have a lot Mm -hmm. of versatile pieces. When you think about the offensive line, all those players that could play guard center, John LeGlue can play the entire line if he wants. And he's done it. I I wouldn't want him to. But then again, remember John LeGlue was starting games in the postseason. Yes. Started postseason game. And this is a guy that you didn't even know was going to make the practice squad last year. I didn't even know who he was. Yeah. That's, (laughs) I mean, he did well enough in the preseason to, to, to do a great job to squeeze onto the practice squad. Yeah. And he's starting multiple games. That was no, the state yeah. of the Steelers' offensive line last year. I, I I like that 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 versatile versatile depends on mm-hmm. what part of part of the country you're from, how you want to say it. But to me, if you're if, if 
the defensive line carries so much more weight to it than the offensive line oh, when, sure. when it comes to that. Yeah, I mean, you have Tyson Alawalu can flex up and down, so can Cam Hayward. Um, I think Loudermilk will eventually develop that. But it's going to be really interesting to see how this pays out. It's going to be ridiculously important to the success of the Steelers, how they handle the trenches in terms of running the football, protecting the quarterback, stopping the run. I have no doubt they'll be able to get after the quarterback. It's can they stop the run? And so it's going to be really interesting to see. Well, Dave, I thank you for taking the time. You jumped in a short hit. We were shorthanded with Jeremy and you stepped up. I appreciate it. Why don't you tell people where they can find you on social media? Maybe something that you're going to be doing on the stat geek coming up or maybe an article you're working on, whatever. All right. Well, you can find me. I don't know. Jeff doesn't have much time left on the show for me to see my Twitter handle. <laughs> That's true. It's, the longest it's, one ever. it's, it's STLR super fan dad. That's where I am at Twitter. Hey, I'm, I, I've crossed over 900 followers. Yeah. Let's see if we can get to that, to that. Maybe the ride or die crew can step up and get me to, to, to one K followers. That would be uh, quite be the nice. accomplishment, but uh, you and I are, are finishing up our series of our 30 scenarios in 30 days leading up to training mm-hmm. camp. I'm finishing up my series of covering the entire 90 man roster. You can see those articles every day. Our, our scenario one runs generally around 11 o'clock at behind mm-hmm. the steel curtain.com. Your one stop shop for all things, Pittsburgh Steelers. And then the, the going for two articles, which was two players each day. That's usually around three, three thirty, depending on how things are playing out. If there's any news breaking or anything, those are coming then I'm just training camp confidential. I'm I'm ready for, for that to come back uh, to its glory at behind the steel curtain since the Steelers are returning to their glory at St. Vincent College in Latrobe. Absolutely. So make sure you check all that out. Give him a follow. My ride or die crew got Jeremy. Uh, I think he got over 100. He wasn't even yeah. 100 followers. We got him, got him over 100. Let's get Dave to 1K. That would be awesome. But Dave, as always, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks. And a big thank you to Dave Schofield. He's so generous of his time. Whenever I need someone to fill in, he's always more than willing to do so. I appreciate it. Um, Let's finish this up, as we always do, on a Friday with a heart-to-heart. So the Steelers are starting camp soon, Tuesday. We know this. I'll be back on Monday uh, with my podcast, as always. But still, the one thing I can't stop thinking about when I think about the season that's coming up And I used to do this so much more before I was a father. I used to kind of wish seasons away. Um, I used to hate the wintertime because I was so cold. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I can't wait till the summer. And the summer would just fly by. And it's not until I became a father and I started to see my kids just, they were just growing so fast and the years just flew by. And I remember thinking, I need to start enjoying these times more. This isn't a talk about having kids and a family. This is a talk about how we all want to wish away the month of July because the training camp schedule starts at the 26th. Think about what you're saying. You're wishing away an entire month of the calendar year. That's not good. And I I fall fall into this trap as well. But ultimately, my hope for everyone out there, because look, we're, we're Steeler fans. I feel like those that listen to my podcast every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, they feel like they know me. And I've had people say that they like these heart-to-hearts because it sometimes doesn't talk about football. This isn't about football. It's about sometimes we always say, like, oh, I can't wait till this. Can't wait till that. 
And during that process, up until that date, whatever that date is, it could be a wedding, it could be a party, it could be a job starting, it could be a football season, it doesn't matter, everything else just becomes a blur and it's gone. And then it's gone. You know, I'm going into uh, another year of education, whereas everyone that's listened to the show knows I'm a teacher. I'm going into year 16. I can't believe it's been 16 years that I've I've been teaching for 16 years. feels like just yesterday I got hired. And so everyone, teachers are extremely guilty of this, and I am. You can't wait till summer break. Oh, I can't wait till summer break. Can't wait till summer break. But when you get to summer break, a whole year is gone. A whole year. So I guess as we all look forward to training camp, let's also take the time to just enjoy the day. Whatever that day brings, cold weather, rain, sun, wind, doesn't matter. Just enjoy the day. Little tidbit from Jeff. So, all right, that does it for me. I'll be back on Monday. Hopefully I'll have a Monday morning conversation for you. I'm working on that as we speak. In the meantime, have a great weekend. I have some golf to get in. I'll give you a recap on that on Monday. In the meantime, you know we finished it out here. Be safe. Be kind and God bless. We'll see you on Monday. My candles burning bright. I sleep for three to four hours every night. I'm sipping coffee burning.